Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up, a Disney cast member files a lawsuit, lawsuit claiming she was terminated due to taking family medical leave. Disney Pixar's Coco wins the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. And we will discuss what Walt Disney World attractions we think should be retired or replaced. All that plus, all that plus news, roundtable, rapid fire, and much, much more. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Biz Unplugged, episode 971, for the week of January 9th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams Unlimited Travel help you plan the perfect Disney, Universal, Cruise, or Adventures by Disney vacation. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Well, beautiful and chilly at the moment. Uh, my name is John Magi, and I'm going to be your host. Uh, Pete Werner is not feeling well today, so he is not hosting, but we wish him well and hope he gets better soon so he can come back and continue hosting the show. Um, I'm really, really happy that you guys are all here to help me with the show. Uh, my first one back in 2018, and I'm glad to be joined at the table by Rhino Clavin. Hello. Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Michael Bowling. Hey there. Hi there. Hi there. Corey Martin. I forgot his name. I'm just happy to be here, though. Still. <laughs> and back in the production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Well, again, hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Again, first time Kevin and I are back for 2018. Uh, we've been gone for a while. so it's Since like, the 60s. We have been back. <laughs> I felt that way. Um, so, again, really, really excited that everybody is here. Um, other than Pete not feeling well, uh, I have no housekeeping. So I am willing to open up housekeeping for anybody who has I have a couple of little short ones. Okay. First of all, I want to thank everybody for the really good wishes. I have not been incapacitated, and that's why not why we haven't been here. I've been visiting a doctor who only has hours on Tuesday. That's why I haven't been here. I've been mobile and ambulatory, and I really appreciate all the good wishes. It's just that I am now seeing a different doctor who has hours on Thursday. That's why we were missing. The other thing is, and this is very weird, I have a question to ask. John and I each received a gift from Amazon that has absolutely no information on where it came from. They're two very nice gifts. They came in separate shipments, and it's got to be from somebody who knows us because both, both of the gifts are very pointed, and I don't know who to thank. So if you send us a gift through Amazon, I would love to know about it because I would love to thank you. And I'm only saying it here because this is where I'm going to reach the largest audience. So I thank you in advance, but I have no idea who to send a note or a thank you to. I'm done. Excellent. Housekeeping? I also wanted to point out, you mentioned uh, Pete's sick today. He actually will not be on for basically the next, this week, next week and the week after. He'll be traveling uh, to California That's and right, Hawaii. So uh, not just this one. You'll be seeing a lot of, a lot of whoever, whoever is, is already here. Right. <laughs> so. Whoever is healthy yeah. enough to do the show and in, in town exactly. will be hosting. Yep. I have I have something too, awesome. a couple here real quick. Um, so I ran the um, the Disney World my first 
half mar- uh, my first full marathon. I'm sorry, um, and it was at Disney World. And I just want to give a big shout out to Ashley Tharp, who already knows how I feel about it. But uh, without her, I would not have been able to finish this race. I don't think she ran with me the whole time. She's a big big fan of the show here, um, and and she's just you know we meet a lot of really really awesome people throughout our years of doing this, and and she's definitely. One of the best people I've had the chance to uh, become friends with here. So I just want to say a big thank you to her and big thank you to any volunteers or people that came out to cheer people on, especially anybody who had pretzels because there were two people in particular that I thought I was going to pass out um, at different points. And there was no nowhere to get anything salt oriented on this trip, on the uh, the journey, if you will. And uh Two people had these and you like pretty much saved my life. So thank you to those people. Um and uh, yeah, does anyone else picture Norma Desmond running the marathon <laughs> when he talks about his experience? Well, now you know. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it was it was a difficult Max, <laughs> pretzels. <laughs> pretzels. Show us your medal. Oh yeah, uh, here's my. It was the 25th anniversary, so it's got a little thing in the middle here that spins. It's got Mickey on one side and then his shoe with a, a wing or something on the other side. It says 26.2. If you can dream it. I don't. I think you should train for it. I don't think you should just dream about it. But, but it was it was a uh, it was a fun thing. If nobody's ever done a Disney race, I will recommend halves and below. <laughs> but yeah, the full was an experience. Well, congratulations! Thank you That's very a much. Huge yeah. Achievement. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, something I'm glad I did. I don't know that I'll ever do another full one. But and the weather was pretty chilly too. It, yeah, but it worked out really well because as it was just getting just warm enough at each level, where I was like, okay, one layer off. So I, I feel really bad for anybody who was there on the uh, the Thursday or Friday or even oh, Saturday yeah. night because that was the when we had the freeze warning here, and it was just like they got up and had to run, and it was like 31 degrees outside. So I. I do not envy those people. <laughs> All right. I'm bored with this now. Who else has housekeeping? Well, I do. All right. Go so ahead. the the reason I'm here is for a, a sort of a bittersweet announcement, I suppose. Uh, for those of you who listen to our Disneyland show, you know I have been on that show providing history segments on the about Disneyland and the Walt Disney Family Museum and all all things Disney. And my, my time on that show has come to an end. Um, I, I am leaving the Disneyland show and leaving it in good hands with my good friends there. But the good news is there, there's always, you know, I always like to start out with the bad news, go with the good news. <laughs> you know, Craig and I have enjoyed um, bringing you Connecting with Walt, um, which is all things Disney um, history, not just limited to theme parks. And we have been doing that for two years as an event podcast. Um, We are very excited to announce that because of you, our listeners have given us so much support over the last two years, Connecting with Walt is going to join the weekly lineup of shows um, in 2018, you know, in the Diz Unplugged podcast network. So when we sign off on um, at the end of January, we're not going to say goodbye until April. We actually will be back the following week in February. And we're looking forward to bringing you um, just we're going to start a new series on Epcot and its history. We are expanding um, what we talk about. We're bringing um, some slightly new formats, some new segments within the show. So um, Craig and I are really excited about that. And we, we hope you'll join us and give us a listen. And so what day of the week is that? That is going to be Fridays. So it'll, it'll be a great way for you to um, 
spend your weekend with us listening <laughs> to um, stories about Walt and his legacy. Yeah. And it, just as a reminder, too, it is an audio-only podcast. I was about it to ask that. Is not video because most of the time uh, Michael and I are recording episodes at like – 11 o'clock eastern time and you know i will be honest i'm usually in my in my gym shorts getting ready for bed and just you know i'm not presentable on video that late (laughs) at night that's the nicest way to say it so yeah it's audio only so for all those people who support us on itunes and have always supported us on itunes it's kind of your uh your your little gift so if you watch videos you see our vlogs everything else we do if you listen on itunes you get a full extra show that's usually lasts anywhere from an hour to two hours. So, yeah, good awesome. stuff. Excellent. So, just picture Craig in his gym shorts <laughs> talking to Michael. I get to see him because we oh, Skype. Yeah. We oh, Skype. He and gets to we, see you we, 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 in his we, mud mask. We look at each other. It's like my hair is up in curlers. And, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Where's Pete when you need him? All right. Thank you, Michael, for that. Any other housekeeping before we move on? Great. Thank you, guys. We're going to do the news. And I have asked Rhino yes. to read the news for me since I'm. Don't want to talk too much. Rhino, take it away. Okay. All right. So first up, this is a little bit of a kind of a scary story here, but a guest has shared a video of Monorail Red traveling with its door wide open. Um, So a video posted on a Walt Disney World (coughs) guest Instagram account shows uh, what was likely an incredibly scary monorail ride from the Transportation and Ticket Center all the way to Epcot. Um, Like I said, one of the doors was just kind of wide open there. The monorails are supposed to have door sensors installed that signal the pilot if any of the doors are not uh, closed completely. But those safety systems uh, obviously failed here. Um, Those sensors are also supposed to trigger a safety mechanism that restricts the train from leaving the station until the issue is fixed again didn't work uh in addition to the door sensors each cabin has a phone available for passengers to call for assistance or to alert a cast member of an issue um but uh i don't know whether they use them or not or whether they were functional or not in here um but uh if you want to watch the video i believe that we linked to this uh to two individuals accounts on wdwinfo.com you mm-hmm. can check it out on there um, this is kind of insane, but I do have a story that goes along with this because um, it was like last week or the week before I was going to the Magic Kingdom. I was at the TTC and one of the cars and the monorail wasn't full. So they opened the doors back up. We went to go inside. I was with a group of yes, I was traveling alone. Um, and then the door just started closing on the guest so it closed on a woman and then the metal gate closed on me like my half of my body was through the metal gate and it closed on my leg and then the door closed on the woman who just kind of stepped out because her her uh, person that she was traveling with wasn't with her and the monorail left and the woman was on the other side Holy of the smokes. middle gate. And all I and it was toward the back of the monorail, but still if if she had just like reached out and touched that, it would have pulled her down maybe or she with could have it fallen or something. Onto yeah. The track or something. yeah. And we're all just standing there and the cast member just goes, Oh, sorry, that was a communication issue. And I'm like, Yeah, well. yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so it's getting a little crazy. Um do we know if was this the only door that was open? Or did we see anything else or the all the doors are open? I I mean the thing is this happened like three days ago and it was one of those stories that someone finally noticed it. 
that oh. someone had posted it and now uh, it's getting thrown around everywhere. So I believe it was just this one door, but huh. that we at least have videos of uh, thanks to the person who was smart enough to to pull out a phone and yeah, actually right. I mean, document two, I think this. There was two people, right? Two different people in that car or something? No, I think she just posted two different oh, like I mean, did everybody else yeah, think okay. they were just kind of letting some air in? Well, it sounded I mean, like they were just, laughing. Like, they were all, like, making jokes about yeah. it while they're going I, in the video. I think you got this wrong. This is clearly limited time magic convertible <laughs> monorails. Yeah. Trying a new thing today. Do the guest to me. Just roll the uh, bratty child out. Who's ever the one? Do we know where the monorail was on the track when this happened? It, it pretty close to... Um, well, the video starts and the monorail's already going. And it, the video goes until it pulls into Epcot. Yeah. So I don't know if Holy it left smokes. the station and the door was open, but the video, the the full length video, I think was over like over a minute long. That's so like it was the open highest for a track. Long time. Yeah, sometimes yeah. that goes over highways. Well, you can see the uh, the legacy stones like as it's pulling in, and you're like, well, you could have. That's been one way to get a good photo. These. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's insane. Well, and that's bringing up a lot of people are saying now like. We're getting ready in a year or two to launch the Disney Skyliner gondolas. <laughs> Can you imagine when that happens on that? <laughs> exactly. It's like they can't, Disney can't even keep their monorails up to date right now, which aren't, I mean, they're high off the ground, but not ridiculously high. And, you know, they're about to launch this brand new system that's going to be taking people high up over Walt Disney World. And if they can't fix a monorail, what are they going to do with a gondola system? I I see. I, when I move into a monorail cart, because I'm I'll either be by myself or or with like Craig or something like that. I'm usually like in a group, a small group, and I just I step in and I like to give the seat to women and children or um, uh, older folks or something like that. And um, did you look at me? No, I looked he down. So I when he said women, I contact with anybody in this room. Older women, and he looked at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, but I stand near the door. I don't lean on the door because we all know. I mean, definitely not do it now. But the monorail shakes when it goes. You know, it hits certain parts where you you could lose your balance a little bit, and you step forward. Like I have stepped forward, and my hand has had to touch the door once, you know, or twice before. Like I just think if it had been a full day, somebody could have just fallen out with one shake of that. Go against you know? who lean against those doors, or yeah. holding on to that support right by the door. Happy that nobody was hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Happy that. So far, that's the only report we've seen. Let's hope it's a one-time incident and they fix it, because that's a little scary. All right. Well, all right. On to our next story, which is a a, uh, Disney cast member has filed a lawsuit claiming she was terminated due to taking family medical leave. A set decorator who worked at the Shanghai Disney Resort filed a lawsuit. I just literally said that. I'm sorry. Um, But she says that she was terminated because she needed to take time off to take care of her sick father. The lawsuit filed by Angela DeVore on Wednesday accuses Disney of violating the Federal Family Medical Leave Act. DeVore alleges that her supervisors were hostile when she broached the idea of taking time off to take care of her father. In the suit, DeVore... Claim, uh, states that her supervisor Bethann Brody told her, "Quote: This company doesn't care about you or Ooh. your family. 
end quote, and that Brody oh. asked her, quote, isn't there a state-run home in Maryland you can put him in? Yikes. Into that quote, but uh, DeVore's employment began in May of 2014, where she worked for Walt Disney Imagineering Research and Development. According to the suit, she was informed in the fall of 2015 that she needed to travel to Shanghai in January 2016 to work there for about nine weeks. Uh, DeVore states that she told her supervisors that she'd need to return to the U.S. in February of 2016 to care for her ailing father before returning to Shanghai. Uh, DeVore claims in the suit that she received mixed signals about whether or not the leave would be approved, and at one point, a supervisor told her she would have to go for the full nine weeks or not at all, and suggested that she keep tabs on her father remotely, and that there's internet in China, you can manage things that way. DeVore said in the suit that her request was ultimately approved, but that just before she was set to leave China, her supervisors called her in for a meeting and terminated her employment. Okay, those of us who are cast members... Could you ever imagine a supervisor saying these things? Yes, because this really? actually happened to me. Holy once. smokes! Um, you were on your way to Shanghai. I was on my way to Shanghai. <laughs> the this one doors time. opened. Yeah, and it was just no. But um, I, I did have to take a leave of absence once. I, I I had to do it twice, and the first time they were super nice, and it was no problem. And that was right when I had started. Within the first like four months of starting there, the second time it was years later, um, and I was like. Uh, I was made to feel very guilty and terrible about what I was doing. Um, And I had multiple times where I was called in. And I did have the area manager of this park tell me that nobody liked me as much as uh, (laughs) I thought everybody did and all the stuff. And that if I told anybody about this, we'd be having a separate conversation as well because I was revealing, like, confidential stuff. Well, I don't work for you anymore, so I can say whatever I want now. I I like the argument. Well, no one really likes you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was the argument. So you can't have leave. But I will say – because I've had the both experiences, this sounds like it's a case of just people that are being personally inconvenienced by somebody's like matter that can't be helped. And so I think it's poor management or leadership here. I don't necessarily think this is like the Disney company as a whole would. would I think if uh, she can prove yeah. that these supervisors said this, this is this is horrific. Yeah, it's almost it's incomprehensible to me. This and, not, is, and not all supervisors are like went to school for that. Sometimes you right. just get promoted, and sometimes. Mm-hmm. It just it just happens that way, and I I like just my examples from Blizzard Beach. I mean, when when I was lifeguard in '97, we I had a supervisor who was literally in high school. Oh wow! And he was a coordinator, but he you know kind of you know he was not not I guess asking for time off, but he was able to change things around, scheduling, and, and, and do stuff like that, and. Kind of could make your life miserable. But. I, just, I mean, the fact that they said this company doesn't care about you or your family, this is not what you learn in supervisor school. This is what you learn as a human being. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. This is common sense. It's, it's a sick relative. Okay, is she, Sorry. like, what was her position again? Because, she was a set decorator. Okay, yes, because that's what's even more shocking. It's one thing for, like, if you're working at, you know, just front of line cast member working at Pirates dealing with your supervisor that's it but clearly she's suing walt disney imagineering so this is imagineering supervisors these are this isn't like a hourly job that you get out of high school this is a professional Mm -hmm. career so uh for her supervisors to say that that would just that's mind-boggling i mean with most of my time at universal anytime anyone needed family leave it was just one of those things that take Take the time you need. You know, obviously, you're not getting paid, but your job's still going to be here when like, you get back. How can I and, help you? Yeah. yeah. 
I don't dispute what she's saying. I'm not saying I don't believe it. I just, it seems very, very difficult that someone would say that to another person and use those words. Well, that's, that's the only reason why I don't not believe her is because it did happen to me. And it was an area manager. It wasn't, so it's me, coordinator, managers, uh, and then area manager, and then park manager. So this is somebody who is really high up who just, it, some people slip through the cracks sometimes. Sometimes they get over it all. Some, they're just, they're retired now. They no longer work for Disney as of like a couple of years ago. But uh, I just couldn't believe it because I was just like, is your compassion completely dead for people? Also, it's in the company handbook. You can do that. It's granted to you. I don't understand it. To be fair, it's what I told Rhino yesterday when he didn't show up after being sore. He did, for yeah. running the marathon, <laughs> he said nobody, likes, said, you. nobody likes you. <laughs> Don't come in. I had, but but he had to take care of his family. He sent it in Jules. a text message. I oh. took a screenshot and saved that. <laughs> nobody cares about you. I like you. All right. Isn't there a state-run facility you could go to? <laughs> yeah, this is some harsh stuff. <laughs> for, <laughs> for sore gays. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, okay, so uh, our last news story is uh, Disney Pixar's Coco wins the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. Um, the wildly successful film honoring uh, Dia de los Muertos and Mexican culture managed to beat both major studio and independent competitors alike uh, on Sunday night, taking home the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature. Coco was in the running alongside DreamWork and, uh, DreamWorks Animation's The Boss Baby. And Fox Blue Skies Ferdinand, as well as some independent other features, The Breadwinner and Loving Vincent. Um, this is where I have to jump in for a minute. Yeah. There are times when Disney winning the best animated feature is like a big deal. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're up against the boss, baby. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I thought the same thing, except for I actually kind of almost thought that Vincent was going to win because Vincent was uh, a film that every frame is an oil painting. So they hand, they like, so it could be in the style of Van Gogh. I thought did maybe Vincent Van Gogh sing and dance. N- no, he no, did not. He no, not, win. not I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, but Coco was directed by uh, Lee Unkrich, he, who won an Oscar in 2010 for Toy Story Three. It was co-directed by uh, Adrian Molina and produced by Darla Anderson. Um, and then, of course, uh, backstage, Anderson was asked about the topic of misconduct allegations against John Lasseter, the head of Pixar and Walt Disney Animation, who recently took a leave of absence. And she said, quote, we wanted to focus on being in solidarity with tonight's movement. We have been looking at a lot of things at making our environment as safe as possible. And quote, um, Unkrich backed Anderson's statement, uh, his sentiment, excuse me, saying, uh, quote, Darla is the general of our army. We tried to create an environment that welcomed as many diverse voices as possible. It was a very diverse crew, and we are proud of that. Moving ahead, we are learning from the lessons of what we did in Coco. At Pixar, we have been taking steps, and we will continue to move towards making it an even better place for people to create art. Um, when it comes to Coco's inspiration, as Uncritch uh, Un- accepted the award, he thanked the culture it celebrates. Coco could not exist without the incredible people of Mexico. Um and backstage, uh, Melina added, the message is the same across the world, remembering where you come from. We have shown that you can make a film that isn't filled with the usual cliches and stereotypes, and you can still tell a very specific story about a culture and have it resonate around the world. Mm-hmm. 
So I have not seen the movie. You need to. It's great. Is yeah. it good? It's it really an is. Excellent, excellent film. Carol cried through half of it. Julie, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> beautifully it. illustrated. It's a wonderful story. It's character driven. Um, you, I mean, you really care about these people because when I first saw the previews, I thought. Okay, it's a bunch of skeletons. Yeah, it I mean, seems weird. And, and flowers. And it is, it's very moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's especially moving if, you've, if there's been somebody important in your life you've lost. Um, it's, it, it will really, uh, I think it'll touch your heart. Absolutely. It, and, but it, it's magnificent. There's a beautiful um, exhibit also about the, the, the holiday this represents at uh, at the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, and they have some uh, some nice dioramas as well from that they recreated from the film. Here's what happens to me: every new Pixar movie that comes out, I go, "This sounds really dumb." <laughs> He's going to float his house with balloons. There's <laughs> space. <laughs> there's a space junk guy, <laughs> and then I wind up liking them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I mean, this is Pixar does it every time. It's like ah, this sounds so stupid, yeah. and then it's it winds up being a good. Yeah, had me leave the theater wanting to like go and learn more about mm-hmm. the Day of the Dead because mm-hmm. it really presented it in a very unique way. Um, you know, it's not the first movie to do it, uh, but it was one that it, you know. I think if you're leaving a movie theater mm-hmm. and it has you doing something afterwards, like a call to action, it's a very successful. Mm-hmm. Film, and you know, and unlike um, Frozen, where I didn't leave the theater humming. Mm-hmm. The, the song this on the music sticks with you mm-hmm. I think and um, and there is a twist in it, it there, there's a there's a, a plot development that I didn't see coming that um, is it, so that was a nice touch because they were very they, they didn't um, it didn't it wasn't obvious mm-hmm. and so it um, and, and it's a pivotal turning point in a film I think kind of like what Kevin alluded to earlier, like this year Coco going up against Boss Baby and Ferdinand, while they might be, the animation might be very well done on those, uh, they definitely are lacking in story. This is actually one of the first animated movies in a couple years that I think is, it was definitely like, it could have went up against some of the best ones from the past five years, and I think it would have still had a chance. I mean, you know, every now and then the occasional animated feature will sneak in to best picture occasionally. And uh, if it wasn't for all the fantastic movies that came out this year, year. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's in my personal top 10 from this year, but obviously I haven't seen a lot of the even very smaller art houses. But Coco was, you know, it this. The Golden Globe was very well awarded to them, and uh, when they win uh, Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, it's it, they yeah. deserve every little bit of it. Uh, you know, even if it's going up against lesser films, it's because it, this is just a step above what Pixar normally does. It was excellent. All right. Yep. I went home and dusted off my guitar. And Did then you? it gained dust. I, I don't again. know how to play it, but I dusted <laughs> it off. It, look, it looks good now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very few movies make me want to go home and clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rhino, for reading the news. Um, before we go on a rapid fire, we're going to have a brief discussion about something that's happening right now at Walt Disney World, and this is the new safety check policy at Disney hotels. Hmm. Um, if you don't know what's going on, Disney is in the process of replacing all of the do not disturb signs on hotel room doors and what do they say now knock three times it's on the ceiling occupied. oh okay. so i'm staying at french quarter and i have one they do not stay on the doors 
they, they, they're blowing all over the oh. place at French Quarter. So they're being replaced but, with a different yeah. wording that really just says there's someone in the room, you know, so you know if you want to enter the room to sort of present yourself. But this is becoming part of a safety check to make sure people aren't doing bad things in the room that they shouldn't be doing as a result of some issues that have occurred elsewhere. And there's some reports on the disboards that uh, people are reporting that they are being walked in on while they are sleeping, showering, etc. And when they complain, they are being told this policy, this is the policy and nothing can be done about it. There is a disclaimer on the little tag. It says, you know, I'm off to Neverland, room occupied, that, that they may enter the room at any time. It's in tiny, tiny little But you print. would hope that they would knock mm-hmm. and present themselves and not do it at a time when people might not be well, And that's the thing. Sleeping. I mean, you can, I mean, we, now we're dealing with open doors on monorails, open doors in the resorts. We, um, you know, a lot of people take day naps. You know, if you have little, you know, small children, you might need to, you know, take a nap. You, the whole showering thing. I mean, maybe they, or create our own. I'll create some, you know, do not disturb signs just for taking a nap. Check back in an hour. Taking, or two hours. Taking a shower. Check back in three hours. I think a perfect opportunity for merchandising. Have Pete's face put, stay out of my damn room. <laughs> stay, out. stay out of my damn room. When I used to go to, when we first started going to Walt Disney World, it was very common. We stayed at the Contemporary, and they would come to your room in the middle of the night. And they would open the door, and they would count the number of people sleeping. This, at the time, was about people putting too many people in one room. It was a fire code law, but they used to open your room every night. And Did they charge per person back then? Was yeah, it like paid yeah. by, it, you didn't pay by the room? Um, and we asked about it because they scared the daylights out of us. And we've been told that people would put three or four people sleeping upright in a closet, leaning against what? the closet wall, because rooms were hard to come by oh at gosh. times, and people would put many, many people in a hotel room, and that's night. against the fire law. So. Let me present this to all of you guys to answer. Is it worth our safety? Is it worth not no. knowing that someone's not locked in a room and going to cause trouble if we have that little bit of inconvenience that someone bothers us? I feel like they need they could put other safety measures. So if it's like a fear of somebody being locked in the room, put a panic switch in the room somewhere. I used to have one in my old apartment I lived in under the bed. It was a cord, and if you hit the cord, an alarm would sound. You know, well, I, don't I don't think, think they're is, afraid no, no. of people getting locked in the I room. I think it's somebody. I think this has oh, to do with barricading themselves in. Oh, and but the shooter in Las see, Vegas. Okay, then I think there should be checkpoints set up as you go in and out of the hotel then or something like that. My thing is, it's your room. I don't need to keep my clothes on in my room. And I'm at a hotel on my vacation. That could involve also having my clothes off with another human being. like That you can't reach. And you can't get to the door in three knocks. Yeah, you're not yeah. knocking on that door. I'm not getting up in three <laughs> knocks. Like, And that's none of your business. Like, And I don't want to be rude. Then get rid of the hotel. I don't, it's like, you, I don't think it can go both ways. Like, I don't, I don't, that's like, you talk about giving up so civil liberties So then you're going to be naked right with there. that person out in the lawn? Yeah, that's where I'm going, uh, to prove my point. <laughs> like, but no, but I, I think, think the world is changing. I don't I think, like this, you know. I, I think it's, it's happening other places too. It's not just Disney World. Right, it is absolutely happening other places for sure. I, see, I'm for it for multiple reasons. One, uh, it's... It is a good safety measure to have, too. I mean, like I've alluded to on episodes before, I know what happens when I, like, just barrel down in a hotel room for, like, three days. I'm sure I'm putting the housekeepers through hell having to clean it 
afterwards. So just being able to walk in and have like I, I imagine like someone walks into Hunter S. Thompson's hotel room in fear and loathing. And that's what they see in some of these bad situations where just everything is thrown about and it's disgusting furniture's getting all messed up. And, you know, that's it. It's easier to control quality when you know what's happening inside ever, people's it, rooms. You ever look in someone else's room on a Disney cruise when you go down the hall? Every now and then, yeah. And, and it's like, sometimes oh, it makes me wonder. How are you living like yeah. that? Yeah. Go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry. I mean, if, if they're going to do this to make sure somebody's not in there, like, you know, staying in there for three days, you know, up to something, uh, up to no good, you know, maybe a check-in process or something they can, you know, evolve down the road that, look, we may enter your room at any times. Please check these certain times that, are more comfortable with you. Say they say like from eleven to one. You know you're going to be in the park. Go ahead, go check the room out. We're out. I don't want to keep bringing up this really really sad subject, but they said the guy in Las Vegas uh, uh, abided by every single rule. The only thing he did was he put a "do not disturb" sign on his window, but he brought things in a little at a time. It wasn't like he asked for you know a flotilla of luggage trolleys. Mm. So he he followed all those rules. He changed the way we live. But people did not enter but, that. Like even like Disney could still get their way by entering the room and like what's up with all these, you know, what's up with the I think the thing is the uh, the element of surprise. And I don't like it, but I don't yeah. I understand it and I still I think it's the wave of the future and I think it's you just have to sort of. I'd be okay if they like if they did it just like the park, like how Universal does it. I I still think that Universal does their security check better than Disney's doing it. Is that you put my bag on the machine and X-ray the machine and make every single human being walk through a metal detector. Do it at the hotel. I know it's frustrating, but if you want me to walk through a metal detector every time I go down the hallway to my hotel room, that's fine with me. I was gonna say we stayed at Universal machine, you know, and I. The, my luggage wasn't checked and I wasn't checked. Yeah, but I'm people, talking about at the theme park, not yeah, but at the there hotel. Are people, but I'm saying, if you're going in a hotel, there are, are states where you can have a, uh, a... It's legal to carry a gun. Right. Yeah, but not, yeah. A, not on Disney property. But this is happening everywhere. You can't focus this just on Disney. Oh. I realize we're talking about Disney, but this is happening in other mm-hmm. places that aren't Disney. So there I are, think that Disney has... I think people who are being walked in on are... This is the, the tipping point, right? This is the... This has gone too far. Mm. There should be a knock. There should be an announcement. There should be something that tells you I'm going to enter your room. People who are saying they've walked in when they're sleeping or in the shower, this seems extreme to me. And well, I, I, I was in my room when they, uh, when, uh, later this morning, and I was on the phone with Carol, and um, yeah, they, they knocked to enter the room. But I flip that little latch when I'm in the room so that they can't fully open the door. Mm-hmm. So either way, they weren't getting in that room. And then I opened it and said, I'm going to be here for another hour or so. And, and That's certainly one way to handle it. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, However, will those go away? If well, people start putting those up and... I think there's a way to get in still with that latch. In case of emergency, I think, I mean, they, there has to be a way. Yeah, there probably yeah. has to be a way past that. Um, I also think we look at this, looking at this um, with history uh, as our guide, what happened with uh, airport security, how tight and crazy it got for so long. <laughs> and then there was this sort of lax. There was um, things like trusted traveler and things like that that allowed a little more leniency in it. And then, of course, every time there's a incident that happens, we sort of roll back to the more I think this is secure a security. It's a reaction. So hopefully we'll see this. And again, I don't think it's a down. great reaction, but I think it's the way, it's just the way things are going to be. There are other ways to fix that, but 
That's a, for a different show. For a different I'd rather that someone comes in, knocks, and then enters my room than then put a camera somewhere in a in any oh, room. Yeah, I, I don't. I would never agree with a camera in a room. <laughs> you know, and again, I Disney's new sponsor Nest. <laughs> <laughs> I find myself agreeing with Craig. I would rather have the sense of security, knowing that other rooms were being checked, and running that risk that someone might check my room. That's the way I feel about it. All right. I can't believe I got the last word. Let's move on. <laughs> Never. Let's close the show. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Bye. <laughs> Let's move on to rapid fire, and we're going to start with Rhino. You go first. Okay. So there is a new temporary location for the first aid uh, center in Magic Kingdom. Um, the location between Casey's Corner and the Crystal Palace will be closed from today, January 9th, until February 15th for refurbishment. And the new location or the temporary location is um, near the entrance of Space Mountain in Tomorrowland. That's it. Awesome. That's why it's rapid. (laughs) Kevin? Circle of Life at the Land Pavilion is closing. The last showing will be February 3rd. They're going to turn it into a workshop for the Disney Performing Arts Group. What does that mean? What part? The workshop for the Performing Arts Group. The Disney Performing Arts Group will be welcomed into that space to host students' workshops and performances beginning February 9th, 2018. That kind of sounds cool, doesn't it? So the big rumor is right now that uh, that the Performing Arts Center space right now that Disney is using is in between Germany and Italy. And that's the expected place for the upcoming... Pavilion, it's good. No, Pavilion. Oh, Pavilion. So uh, even though no Pavilion was announced at uh, D23, they think that that's going to get started on construction there. So uh, this might be a move in order to clear up that space that they're currently using. Is that where they they gather for the candlelight processional and stuff? I've actually, the only time I was ever back there was the short time that I worked in Epcot, and that was not during Candlelight, so I have no idea. I rode the bus that goes back behind there a couple times, but uh, I'm I'm not Because if that's what they're going to use this for, it's a much longer walk. Yeah, I don't, I think that's closer to American Adventure, and that's yeah, just that's the space they that they, there. Yeah. yeah, but this is something else entirely. I've... It could be as simple as just like a little performance trailer or something. But uh, regardless, apparently that's where it is right now, and that needs to move. So they're just going to put it in circle of life, and then so, am I that understanding will clear up that, space. that these performances will be open to the public, or is this a private space? It's, it's hard to tell. It sounds like it's going to be a private space just for training. I think you're going to have to take the per- this up with the Diz. <laughs> well, I will write a letter to the Diz. The final performance take it up with the hub. Take, uh, take it up with the <laughs> What? Do you think they're going to create some uh, like Circle of Life merchandise for people like the they fun- did with Great Movie Circle Ride? Circle of Life yeah, ends. <laughs> yeah. Circle of Death. Yeah. The final performance, if this is your favorite thing and you want to see it, it's February 3rd. If you like, you want to chain yourself to something yeah. at the land. The circle is broken. <laughs> it is. All right. Michael, do you have a rapid fire? I do. Awesome. And we're going to look at our kingdom to the west. If you go to Disneyland between now and sometime in winter, you are going to find Main Street USA is one big construction zone. They are going to tear out all the trolley track and the brickwork on Main Street USA, even though they have replaced sections of of the original trolley track 
over the decades, they've never completely replaced it. So they're going to totally replace all the trolley track. They're going to redo all the brickwork. The original 1955 trolley track will be preserved. And I, I was waiting for them to say they were going to sell the remaining segments like they did the little bulbs for the Main City Electrical Parade. But no, they are going to um, recycle that. Uh, it also means that the Main Street vehicles will not be able to run. And so it's supposed to open sometime in late winter. Oh, it, all the work will be done. So for the whole year, it's going to be like this. Yes, yes. Uh, so views from the castle are wow, going to be difficult. Wow, so much for Eli's first trip this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, can you imagine um, just walking up and down that street trying to see the, the fireworks? Yeah. All that it's um it's going to be a different experience for folks out there. Also, those of you who you know Dumbo is that ride you rush to at, at Rope Drop in Fantasyland, that is also closing um, or is closed, and it will be closed until late spring. They're they're giving those elephants a very much needed wash down, and they're going to be repainted. The queue though is going to be moved to a new location, and it's going to be covered. So and um, but Dumbo should be up and flying again by late spring. Awesome! So they're definitely replacing the bricks, right? They're not yes. going to pave. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good news. I would hate it if they took away yes. the bricks. They said it's going to enhance the look of the track and Main Street with the new bricks. I don't think I ever realized. I don't. Of all the things I've noticed about pavement in Disneyland, that is, is it? It's bricks all the way down mm-hmm. Main Street. It's there, so there's no pavement on Main Street at all. I don't think I've never noticed, but ours is pavement, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, weird. Just one of those things that I didn't. I until you said it, I was just that had never occurred to me. You're used to looking cool. up, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes when my leg gets caught. I, <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Corey. All right. the uh, The Festival of Fantasy Parade at Walt Disney World is returning to its three o'clock time slot back in August. They moved it to a two o'clock slot and everybody lost their minds um <laughs> what time is the three o'clock yeah, parade? exactly oh, it's two o'clock so it is now back effective immediately um it's back at three o'clock so the three o'clock parade is now at three o'clock all right there we go did you update the site you know it all right good job <laughs> craig okay so mine is a little bit more run disney keeping with that recurring theme today uh there's going to be the first ever star wars virtual half marathon Uh, That you can do, basically, you have to complete 13.1 miles, well, sign up first, complete 13.1 miles wherever you choose to by March 31st, and you will, uh, you'll, well, you get the medal, I think, regardless of whether or not you finish. Everyone gets a medal. Because, you know. (laughs) It's Disney. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So you get that, but the more exciting part of it is that for people who are participating in the... uh, Dark Side Challenge Half Marathon uh, that happens at Walt Disney World on uh, April 22nd. If you actually do the virtual half and you're competing in this race, they will give you the Kessel Run Challenge medal, which before was reserved for people running the light side race in Disneyland and the dark side here. But obviously, since no races are happening in California anymore, uh, for the time being, they're still giving away for people to get that kind of coast-to-coast metal in a way. So I, if you're interested in it, you can sign up for it at Run Disney and uh, get out there and run. I thought a virtual race was going to be I could sit on my recliner and wear one of those VR things. And <laughs> Somebody <laughs> races for you. You get the 13 <laughs> miles in matter. Anyway. You get I a virtual like, medal. Well, we could drive to Disney. Look, I did it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
That's how it works. You do you, John. (laughs) You do you. That's how I prefer to look at it. All right. Thank you guys for your rapid fires. Uh, Up next, we're going to talk about, uh, have a little discussion about what Walt Disney World attractions we think should be replaced. And we are going to be joined via Skype by Mike Hughes. Mike is the author of an article on the Diz about this very subject. So we're excited to have him join us and give us his perspective. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Oh, we can't hear you. We Hold can't on. hear you yet. Sorry. We've only been doing this for 10 years. How about now? Give it a try, Mike. Hey. Hey, hey there. All buttons. <laughs> really interesting how that works. <laughs> Thanks for joining us via Skype. Um, what was your inspiration for this article? Did you just decide at one point, I need to tell people what I think stinks at Disney World? Or did you find stuff on the Diz? What made you want to write this? Um, Just like hearing different kind of people's uh, conversations about uh, attractions, the future at Disney World. You know, um, after D23, there was a lot of announcements of attractions that were going. And I thought, you know, maybe they there's a few more that they need to talk about getting rid of. Excellent. All right. So let's talk about the list you compiled and I'll get you let you get started and I'll tell you why you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So first we went with uh, Stitch's Great Escape. Um, that's basically, I feel like a lot of people do not like that attraction. Uh, obviously operating seasonally now, um, very unpopular attraction. I personally don't like it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see what you guys thought about it too. Where do I begin? (laughs) The best Disney attraction out there. Very underappreciated. I'm not kidding. You guys think I'm joking. I'm not. Think about the storytelling in this. In Stitch's Great Escape? In Stitch's Great Escape. <laughs> using all of your senses. He's laughing back there, but I'm serious. I can't. You use all, the Imagineers are using all of your senses, and most of the action is your imagination. Are you talking about Kathy Worling's ride now? No, Kathy Worling's ride is garbage. She can go. I, I personally don't agree with you on that one. Okay. Are, you, are you the devil's advocate? No, here? I like Stitch's Great Escape. I don't I see this. I was waiting for the joke. Yeah. It's no, not a too. joke. I do. I like this ride. I think from an Imagineering perspective, think about the th- the elements in this ride that are compiled. This isn't a roller coaster. This isn't a 3D screen. This is a fully immersive experience. Okay. It tells a story. I will I will agree with you about, I have one. about no 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 not not about the <laughs> the quality of the attraction. I don't care for this attraction in its current state. I do agree with you though because when it was the the alien, alien encounter. attraction yes. alien encounter, I did when I I only was able to experience that once in 2003 when I came for my grad night and I thought it was an experience like no other because it when the glass broke and it sprays you in the face and like those elements aren't really used in the show anymore but you think about it there's an animatronic there they made me think that glass had shattered in front of me and blown onto me and that the i understand the pressure and the thing mm-hmm. i He's see what you're saying around. about it there's a guy there's a flashlight he's looking up above you don't see the person you you can't imagine where stitch might come from next or the alien. well i like the laser arms too that come down and shoot around and like it, it, there is a lot of life to it and i i just don't think this story and this thing that's occupying the technology that is in there is worthy of the actual attraction itself yeah, but, but isn't this a one and done attraction though once you do it you don't you know it's not i don't think 
I've done I can't it tell you times. the last time I've been on yeah, it. I like it. We do, I do too. I went on it the other day because the, you know there's a rumor going around they were closing it permanently. So I and I was impressed. I've forgotten how good the Stitch audio animatronic is. It's one of the best. But yeah, I and I got the thinking. You know, they say they closed down Alien Encounter because it was too intense. Mm-hmm. But now, given the films that children have been exposed to in the last 15, 20 years. Do you think if they actually brought back Alien Encounter, would families feel it was overly intense? Could it be successful? I don't think they could bring back Alien Encounter. I don't think they Uh, they can't. You can't go from a Disney theme to, yeah. It's also irrelevant at this point. I think they have to put something in there. And thinking about that one and done, isn't Carousel of Progress the same way? Like no, let's that's, watch that's a, cl- that's a classic. Yeah. You know, same thing with yeah. like you know, Small World. That's a classic, and you know, just I mean, you see the same stuff. I'm still waiting for that final scene to be updated. I was just gonna but say, oh, t- uh, travel through time to the '80s. Yeah. But at least with that, <laughs> at least with that, you know, you're seeing a classic, and you're also in the air condition, sitting down. You're not going, you know, pre-show to pre-show to. I don't know. I, I just all right. I've grandstanded enough on what reason. <laughs> What's up next, Mike? What's the next one you think should go? I disagree with the next one. But uh, Swiss Family Treehouse. Oh. I mean, I think it's cool theming goes with Adventureland, but at the end of the day, it's not really an attraction. I just see it as kind of like a line without like a ride. Um, I think they could use that space for better purposes. I read my article. I think they could put like a cool little restaurant or like a lounge in there. Uh, just something to spice it up. Um, like yeah. a bar in a tree? <laughs> no, he wants to get rid of the tree. I completely get rid of the tree. Oh. No. That sounds like a, a hazard waiting to happen. See, I grew up watching this movie, Swiss Family Robinson. Like, it, It's part of that like Disney adventure series Like that I... I they didn't really make those type of movies for a while, I feel like. And I, I don't know. I... It, it's not a big enough space to create another attraction, maybe. I don't know. I also – I get what you're saying, and I understand that kids are probably not watching this movie the way I watched this movie because my grandparents showed it to me. It's just one of those things that when I think about Disney, one of the first Disney films I ever remember seeing is Swiss Family Robinson. It's like Mary Poppins and Swiss Family Robinson. I like it because it's low tech. I, I like it because you know kids can actually go explore. Like Our kids have never seen the movie. Um, but they still think it's fun. But they've never probably they've probably house. never seen um, Splash Mountain either. No, Song of the South. Right. Yeah. So if that's the case, if it's just yeah. based on what kids have seen, then Song of the Sa- or Splash Mountain should go. And I think this can spark their imagination, seeing how mm-hmm. things were created and how they're moving and how objects were used for different functions, like bringing water up to the top of the mm-hmm. tree, and 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 then parents can get them to to you know watch the film and um yeah i I think it has value and you know in disneyland it turned into tarzan's i was gonna ask about that is it better because it's tarzan and it's more disney more current disney i should say than swiss family i I like that when they did the tarzan one and i mean i didn't i never saw it before it was tarzan in disneyland but what it seems like happened when it became tarzan is they they added more uh, effects or like imaginarying details into it. And I feel like this tree, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse could use more effects as you go through it, maybe bring it to life a little bit more than it like is. Escalators. Right? I, like what? Like escalators. escalators. <laughs> Some iPads. I think a lot of the things that when we see it, we're seeing it through an adult's perspective. And I remember back to when I was a kid and I did it before I saw Swiss Family Robinson and you know, it's every kid dreams of having a treehouse at some point, mm-hmm. at least every kid in the Northeast, I think. Uh, they want a treehouse. And so then when you get to see 
this real life treehouse bigger and more grand than you can ever imagine and see the simple stuff like the taking the water from down in the little the little pond and how they would bring it back up to the top like it's all these little things just are fascinating so uh it's it may not be perfect for adults anymore and they might find it more boring but sometimes you have to look through like mm-hmm. what what it's like i mean remember Walt Disney World's for families, and I know as a kid I was fascinated by it. And unless kids are so like ADD preoccupied with other stuff nowadays that they can't find enjoyment out of little things, then then I, I don't know. It's also nice to have something that that never has a line, just something that continues to move. And there's I've never seen a line there. It's also really a set piece. Yeah. If you took that out of that, if you took that out, that would leave a huge hole. In my opinion, it would. That tree takes up space above your head. I, I'm, negative space, I guess. Mm-hmm. I also think you talk about it being a classic. I think Swiss Lamley Robinson is just as classic as Carousel of Progress. Mm-hmm. I agree. So there are certain mm-hmm. things that I think should stay on those reasons. However, I don't know where you're going with this. Well, but let's, I think, get, let's get to his next one. And all then right, we'll talk great. about the ones we think should go. I think okay. there's like five. Right? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, What's your I next one? Keep the tree. Um, but maybe just like spruce it up a little, maybe put like animatronics in it in each scene or something. Um, been different to be more, a little bit more entertaining, but definitely keep the tree. Um, then the next one I went with though is uh, journey into imagination with figment. Get rid of it. Yeah. Does Kathy whirling know where you live? (laughs) (laughs) We'll add it to the show notes. (laughs) So what are your reasons for getting rid of it? Okay, so I know a lot of it has like kind of a cult following. I know because um, a lot of people have like nostalgic ties to it. Um, I kind of think I have like a fresh take on it because the first time I wrote it was two years ago, and I I just thought it was like the weirdest thing I had written at Disney World. You know, there's uh, like this singing purple dragon kind of like farts in your face at one point. Uh, there's just a bunch of different things going on. It's like weirdly like '90s retro. Um, I can see the appeal of it, but I think with like the rumors of an inside out imagination pavilion coming, I think that Epcot could make better use of such a space. But yeah, I wanted to hear what you guys thought of it too. Cause obviously I know there was, it was a different ride beforehand and stuff. So it feels cheap right now, to be honest. Yeah. I brought my mom yeah. and my grandma on it who have been, who have been bringing me to Disney since I was a baby. And it was, they had never been on this attraction before. And, um, even my grandma was just like, "What was that?" And I, mm-hmm. she goes on like she, you know, doesn't go on a lot of stuff. But you know, I tried to really look through it, like you said, like fresh perspective, and be like, "Okay, nobody's ever been on this. Like, let's see what they're going to think." But it, it's it is it's a lot of neon paint and a lot of really cheap effects. It feels like a carnival ride. It doesn't feel like a Disney ride. The other thing too is there are rides at Disney that you can sort of clump into that. You know, let's face it, there are rides that are basically pieces that you ride through. So wait, right. Mm-hmm. But they're done so much better. Mm-hmm. This feels like someone took cardboard and painted yeah. it. Yeah, through a set and I think together. it's Dreamfinder and Figment that have the cult following. Right. I don't think it's this particular attraction. Right. Uh, I would like them to keep Figment because he was the very first Disney character created for a theme park that actually took off and became popular. Hmm. So he is the symbol, I think, of Epcot 
the original Epcot Center and, you know, Epcot. So I think they should keep him in some variation. But I agree, this this was a poorly executed attraction from the very beginning, and it has not aged well. And before the, the rumor came out with Inside Out, you know, I was always saying, bring it back to the original. But now, you know, I would love to see an Inside Out attraction there. But then, where where's Figment? Where is he going to, you know, is he going to be, like, maybe make appearances in certain attractions throughout the park maybe just to just to keep him alive in that park but they should put him in something singing let it go but, but <laughs> the, the mascot doesn't have to be anything mickey mickey mouse isn't really is he uh, in yeah. an attraction anywhere phil her magic oh mm-hmm. phil her magic yeah and but he'll be at the great movie ride. and he'll be at the great movie ride soon. but greets. like phil her magic's only what 10 years old so he wasn't or 15 years old or something like that now before so. that it, it, mickey's re, uh, oh he was, it, was a, okay i didn't know about that one but toontown house and stuff all right let's move on because we are running out of time let's go to the next one Next one I did was uh, Country Bear Jamboree. Um, <sighs> Turn him off. <laughs> I think I have the vapors. <laughs> I have um, something to say. I know it's, I know it's a classic. I, I still enjoy it when I go, but it's definitely not a must-do anymore when I go. Um, I think there's some good jokes. I like the humor, but it just seems kind of run down. The, the show's kind of long. Uh, the animatronics, the the set, the stage, it's just... All the guys bit. that turn you on turn you down. <laughs> I, I crack up during, mm-hmm. every time. Every time. <laughs> every time I just crack All up. Right, okay. So I think we just say, Mike's wrong. Yeah. We <laughs> lost, we we lost next one. Bear Jamboree at Disneyland. <laughs> People are still angry over it. The bears are still walk-around characters. That's how popular they are. I, I think it's funny you say it's too long. They shortened it yeah. and took out all the a lot of the humorous lines. And I, I wish they would bring it back to what it was. It was so clever. <laughs> I think it we really need to is. bite Mike off the island. <laughs> no. That's right. We, we're okay. Let's move on to the next one because I think we're all in agreement that that's – we enjoy Country Bear. Um, the next one I did was Chester and Hester's Dinorama. Oh, yeah. 100% uh, clap. I kind of – glorified carnival i mean um with an attraction like dinosaur in the same lands um obviously disney did it right with one attraction so i don't know what happened with uh like primeval world and um triceratops spin but it just seems kind of cheap um i feel like they could do much better with that space uh, in that land what happened was they wanted to save money so they threw in carnival rides that they could pre-purchase and they overlaid with horrible and they a 1950s roadside attraction. Yeah. I just don't like that you go in there and you have to pay for everything that you're doing. Because it's, I know, the, people will be like, well, that's Disney. And I'm like, that's not Disney. You don't come and pay for the attractions individually have, have anymore. Have you been to Paradise Pier? Disney uh, California Adventure. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> you, to, you had to pay for the shooting gallery in Disneyland. Or yeah. in, I mean, you still kind of do. I get, yeah, but that's like that's what I'm saying. Those are the days of the past. Like, yeah, but I, you don't have to pay to ride this ride. Right. It's included in your ride. You don't have to play carnival games. Yeah. I guess. I just don't like no, that no, it's a no, whole don't area guess. set it's true. up you don't to have being to. to stuff that you pay for. So, oh, so I, I can't experience it to its fullest because I'm not paying for everything. I see what Rhino was saying because you know saying? our kids see that that little prize at the end and they want yeah, it. I'm like, my we're nephew. Play. And you want that prize. That's so. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I love dinosaurs. Take them in the gift shop and buy them. Yeah. <laughs> You'll save money. Yeah. Here, throw, throw this credit card at the lady <laughs> and she'll give you a prize. That one, yeah. <laughs> Tell her which one you want. All right, next on our list. Uh, that Muppet Vision 3D, and um, I know it's tough to make the argument to get rid of any attraction in Hollywood Studios right now with so few, but um, I think in the next few years they'll need to get rid of it. You know, they already got rid of Muppet Courtyard uh, with Grand Park and Grand Avenue coming, 
Um, I think it'll be a little out of theme uh, for one. And then also even like years ago, the last time I went on this attraction, it's just, it just seems like very uh, outdated Um, with the three deck with the three D technology they have nowadays. I think uh, it could be a lot better and just the story. I don't think it's great. I do like the pre-show, but overall I think it needs to go. Craig, Craig, (laughs) I, I mean, in my opinion, overall, Disney's one of their biggest problems that they have is they are terrible when it comes to 3D, uh, basically with the exception of like Flight of Passage. But in terms of their shows, Filler Magic, Muppet Vision, It's Tough to Be a Bug, all are very, very, they're still using old projector technology. And it is every, we're so accustomed now to going to theaters, seeing 3D movies that it's just very hard to go in and watch them. While I I love everything about Muppet vision 3d uh, time has not been, it just hasn't been favorable for it. Like the pre-show because you're just still watching it on monitors and uh, very small monitors. And you have all the props around the room. Like that still works very effectively, but then you get in the main showroom and it just looks awful because they haven't adapted and upgraded with the times. And, uh, I, so I I would think the smarter thing to do is just do a brand new 3D show in there with Muppets yeah, still. Or, or enhance yep. and, up the yeah, yeah, but, you know, get rid of the old one. Maybe do, like, nods, throwbacks to it. Maybe even stick with the same storyline. Just update it with, with how it is now. But uh, the Muppets need to have a place in Walt Disney World, and Hollywood Studios is the only place it can be. So... Uh, I, Except for Liberty Square, yeah. apparently, at the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> but I also, you know, uh, we've fought about this many times. Yes, we have. I love the Muppets in Liberty Square. I think it's perfect. So oh, goodness. Yes, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Kermit the Frog, all our founding fathers in one place. <laughs> it's like an episode of Glow. That's why it's funny. All right, let's move on to the last one on your list, Mike. All right, last one I did, uh, Grand Fiesta Tour, uh, starring the three Caballeros. Um, I actually do enjoy this ride. I enjoy the Mexican Pavilion. Um, I like the track, but uh, when I started hearing the rumors about it being replaced with a Coco track, um, like track and ride, I was a big supporter of that, and I think they need to go through with that. Um, I think the characters and the storyline of the ride right now is like, it could be better. Um, so I think bringing in Coco, a, a hit movie that's been smashing box offices, could be great uh, for guests and the parks. So I'd like to see that happen. I, I agree. I agree with it. Yeah. After seeing the movie, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it just there's well, so much they can do with it. Even before I saw, I went on the the ride right before I saw the movie, and I was kind of like, this feels not. I don't. I, I, I think Craig actually made a good point about this once. I don't know if it was in a Minnesota or another episode, but he made a good point about how we've kind of socially like moved past the it way feels, that ride it feels is racist. Up. Yeah, let's all just put our cards on the table. There are parts of that ride that feel racist. It feels like it's mocking the yes, culture a exactly. little bit. Exactly, yeah. that's exactly what it feels like. Well, I, you know, one of my issues with Frozen was it didn't do anything to enhance our understanding of the culture of Norway. I think if they handle Coco properly, it could enhance our understanding of cultural the culture and celebrations of the Mexican people. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I would be all for that. Because even with some of the stuff they sell in the um, 
inside the pavilion, mm-hmm. I mean, it would just flow right into that ride. Mm-hmm. You know, all the Day of the Dead and all that stuff. All right. We're running a little bit late, but I do want you guys to let me know what one ride at Walt Disney World should go. You don't have to defend it. We won't fight about it. Just tell us what ride you think should go. Who wants to go first? I, I, we already said it. I think if I were to pick one out of this entire place to go, it would be Journey into Imagination. Kevin. Autopia. Oh, yeah. That's good. Oh, he took we mine. Didn't. It was Autopia. Mm. <laughs> oh, it takes up a lot of space, and it's yeah. noisy and but it's, my know, part, smelly. My other one is, is Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. It has no business being in Tomorrowland. It has nothing to do with that land or that theme. I could see that at Disney Hollywood Studios. Or or somewhere, well, but neither not does Autopia. Pardon me. Neither does Autopia. Not anymore. No, I. So that's why that was my first choice. Mine was already mentioned. Stitches Great Escape, and mine was going to be Monsters Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Oh really? So, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, I don't. I love Monsters Inc. Same jokes, but it's yeah, it's the same show over and over again. Like even if you're not a local, like because when I first started doing it. After, you know, coming down every other year, you got used to the same exact jokes every single time. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't even require you to go well, multiple times a year. That's the way you feel. That doesn't bode well for Disney Cruise Line. Because <laughs> all of their shows are the same. The same. Mm-hmm. But they're think, entertaining and there's beer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I think it should be Cinderella's Castle. It's the same <laughs> castle all the time. Nothing changes. <laughs> it's not 3D. It's not exciting. Thank you, Mike, for joining us, for writing the article and participating in our conversation. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, everybody here, for participating and helping you out with the show. I do appreciate it. And thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. Bye. (laughs) You can go now. It's over. Bye-bye. 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 Goodbye. Did we not? Are we okay? (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Smoothest ending ever. (laughs) Sorry.